at Palo Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Choose 18 months, no payments and no interest, or $300 off each window, $700 off a Pella entry system, and $1,000 off a patio door. Get details at PellaWI.com. Restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Management Studios at Historic Radio City. This is the Jeff Wagner Show. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give us a call at 855-616-1620. And now, in for Jeff Wagner, here's WTMJ's Jane Matinere and Carol Kane. Yes, they actually let us back. <laughs> I'm always amazed. Like, every, you guys want to fill in? Well, sure, we'll do that. Every now and then, you know, when we leave, it's just like Bruce Willis and Die Hard, where it's just you throw the match and just watch everything blow up behind you. And it's just like, well, I hope that worked. Hope we're all right. So. Absolutely. We're going to be fine. We're with you until 3 o'clock of this afternoon. Got a bunch of stuff lined up for you. And we do want to start um, on a little lighthearted note, uh, as, a, as opposed to, I know you guys talked about the Will Smith, Chris Rock thing from last night at the Oscars. Right. Uh, we're going to take a lighter look at the Oscars, and uh, I want to kick it off by something that happened way back in 1974 when David Niven was just about to introduce someone, and a naked man came oh, running out streaker. onto yeah. the stage behind him. This right. was his reaction. That was almost bound to happen. <laughs> but isn't it fascinating that. <laughs> fascinating to think that. The, probably the only laugh that man will ever get in his life is by stripping off and showing his shortcomings. <laughs> How great of an ad lib is that? Yeah, no, he uh, he absolutely <laughs> nailed that. That was hilarious. And I just, I don't know. You know, every now and then you just want to look and go, why wear anything? Seriously. Just put a couple of Band-Aids, <laughs> a G-string... Walk. I, I mean, I, it's gone to the point where it's anything really seriously goes. And some of them, some of the dresses were barely there. I know that. Um, and just let me just throw this out. Just because a designer puts their label on it doesn't mean it's wearable. I agree. Absolutely. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they work closely with these actresses, I'm sure, to come up with this look that they're going to wear. Sure. And there were some that I thought were nice, but I put this on my Twitter page last night because I'm a petty person. Um, one of the reasons <laughs> why I like to watch the Oscars is because it gives me an opportunity to judge people who are more accomplished, more beautiful, in better shape, and much wealthier than I am. Um, and that being said, why was Nicole Kidman wearing a flotation device? I don't know what that... It did look like an inner what, tube. What I, was that? I don't... I. But at the... But let me just shed the silver lining on you. She was covered. At least she was covered. You know, Niecy Nash had this dress that was so slit, so high, I was afraid I was going to have to cover, you know, small children's eyes. <laughs> it's like, what, what are you showing us here? I saw more breasts, more... This is how bad I have gotten. Jamie Lee Curtis showed up. Did you see her? I did. I thought she looked amazing. Exactly. Here is a woman who is of older age. She's, I think she's, she's in her older. 60s. Yeah, she's, she's in like her 60s. 60, yep. And she's got this dress on. It's a high neck. It's got long sleeves. Gorgeous color with her, her, really, short. her, her short platinum hair. And you saw her figure... But you didn't know, you know, 
which way she was leaning when it came to certain things. Um, some of this stuff is just like, and she looked great. I thought Judy Dench was dressed to her age appropriate. Helen Mirren always does it too. Right. She, she comes off beautifully and elegant. And I am so tired of the half the dress cut out on the side or the, you know, basically you're wearing a bra and panties and you put a sparkly thing over it. Right. You know, it, it's too much. And I even want to say that in some instances, with the way these dresses are constructed, I'm thinking about Tracy Ellis Ross in particular, who's a beautiful oh, I woman. Just, I'm looking, She's I'm, a beautiful woman. Right. At the top of that dress, it doesn't even make her look nice up top. No, she was all good up until right below the breast line. And then it was just like somebody said, well, we got to cover we got to cover the nipple somehow. So let's just slap a couple of of, do- of doilies. Yeah, they looked like, you know, and it looked they were too small. And, right. and I, I just thought of double stick tape, double stick tape makers must, must have been well, really in and, big demand last night. And Venus Williams, seriously, what are you doing? And again, an incredibly lovely woman in incredible shape, you know, really strong. But again, the way they cut some of those necklines so low, Amy Schumer is another one. It's too low. There is a point of no return. There or should not return. I'm I'm uh, there's there's this woman here uh Sawidi, I don't even know who that is. Uh, she's got like a, across the the breast area. The breasts are basically exposed, but just the you know the offending part of the breast is covered. But I just I just do not understand how you can stand in front of a mirror and go, "What was Kristen Stewart doing?" I don't know with those short shorts. You know, I mean, you're nominated for an Oscar for your portrayal of Princess Diana. Which was a risky move to begin with. Maybe that's what she was saying. The role was risky, so I'm doing risky over here, too. I don't know, but I as she did show up at the uh, awards and she had a pair of like high heels on. But when she was interviewed on the red carpet, she had on like loafers and ankle socks. Oh, wow. It's like, are you trying to be 12? Why Why do you want to look like you're 12? You well, should... well, I'm sure those shoes that they wear are uncomfortable beyond measure well i know and i'm i'm a high heel fan and i love high heels and i would wear them you know like i said my cold dead feet but i just don't i just don't get it and like billy eilish what is she doing young she, woman in that big that big black roughly thing? roughly bag I, it, it was a I, big black roughly bag I just don't understand why this is your moment to really shine and you have to put something like that on. I mean, I know what looks good on my body for them. Now, don't judge me now because I've got yoga pants and a fleece on, but I'm nobody can see me. And until we start doing live streaming next week, <laughs> I'm going to stay in this. But I just don't understand how you don't see that you look silly. And, or maybe it's just to to get the, to the point where people will talk about you because we're talking about them. And we're keeping their names out there, you know, and and maybe maybe that's the point is just to make an impression and and cut through a little bit. I think we have to go to break. We will be right back. It's Jane and Carol, Carol and Jane, twelve fourteen on WTMJ. Carol and Jane, Jane and Carol in for Jeff with you until three o'clock this afternoon. If you ever want to check in on anything, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is 855-616-1620. Talking Oscars, just about the fashions uh, right now on the show, looking at some of our texts that have been coming in. Tracy Ellis Ross was about to pop out at any moment. She would have looked much classier with a bit more coverage. On the other hand, Kristen Stewart was wearing an 
outfit borrowed by Angus Young of ACDC. <laughs> That's hilarious. You know what? If she'd come out as Angus Young, I would have had a greater appreciation for what I'd be like, okay. Uh, she's, she, you know, that would have been pretty funny. It's actually. an homage to Angus Young. So yeah, yeah. good. You know, I understand the drama of it. I understand you want to stand out. I get it. I do. But I just don't think you need to stand out that way. Let's just, you know, be, you hit the nail on the head. It's like, what's, where'd the elegance go? I just don't understand it. You want everybody to watch this, and yet at the same time, you're turning me off because I don't want to see that. Right, right. Can you, you imagine? Well, can you imagine going to a, being at a restaurant? I think about this sometimes when I see some of the things that uh, that celebrities will wear, and and out to dinner in Hollywood, it's like I don't want that much skin when I'm trying to eat my dinner. <laughs> I just well, I, don't. We were even we were talking about, uh, and it's not getting into the Will Smith thing at all, but some of the musical acts. And when I brought up to Steve when Megan the Stallion was performing. And as she walked through the crowd and she had women, not girls, women on tables dancing, right? Okay. Now, not just random, not just, you know, an empty table. This is where people were seated. Now, being somebody that could sit at the table, I'm like, you know, if I glance up, I'm going to see more than I really need to see of this woman. Yeah. And I just, I'm like, I don't want to see that either. I, please, I just don't want to see it. And I, and Brandon Maxwell, who, if you don't know who he is, he's from Project Runway, which is like they never explained who he was. And he, everybody that came up, you look beautiful. You look beautiful. You look beautiful. You know what? Can we get somebody that's worked the red carpet before and knows what the heck they're doing? Yeah. You know, and she doesn't look beautiful. She looks ridiculous. Well, and I wonder if it isn't part of our age, because we are certainly older than many of these women. And I know that there's a whole big body positivity and embrace who you are and love who you are. And we shouldn't be ashamed. <laughs> but and, and I and I applaud that to, to an sure, extent. Sure, that's fine. Um, but but again, I, I do think that. There is too much. It can be too much. And I can't even imagine that it's comfortable. No, it can't be. A lot of it's not comfortable. And listen, I am so all in on appreciation of your body. I am. If you are happy with your body, I I was watching, kind of an aside, but the new Jumanji, that's, it's old now, but Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle with Dwayne the Rock. Right. And, okay. When they finally get back from the game and the girl that is this Bethany, who was played by Jack Black in the game, she's standing there and she gets her regular body back and she goes, oh, I'll never complain about my body ever again. And she's about this big around. She's toothpick skinny. And I'm like, well, there's the line of the movie right there. No, you should never worry about your body. And I was a chunky kid, Jane. I was a chunky kid. You and me both, girl. And I know what it's like to be body shamed, and I'm never going to do that to anybody. I just don't want to see all of your body. I don't need it. <laughs> from, I, from anybody. I, I, it doesn't matter. I didn't want to see the guy who had no shirt on. That was a Timothy Chalamet, I think. I, 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 don't, I don't want to see that either. You know, and I don't care if you've got a chest like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I don't want to see that either, especially on the red carpet. It's just, it's like you said, it's just too much. Let's why? Why do we have to push the envelope? 
it, again, I think it's trying to break through, make an impression so people will talk about you, something to put on your your Twitter page, your Instagram page, you know, and, and get followers and social media. It's all about sharing everything now. We have to share everything. I don't want to share with my own family. <laughs> you know, after a while, I'm going to look at Lou and just go, you know what? Keep that to yourself. I'm done. I don't want to. And you know what? Here's what. Maybe this is just me, but something just hit me. Um they're using the dresses to do what the jewels used to do years ago. There was a woman that was on the red carpet, and she was part of the group that was interviewing people, and she had this great black dress on, beautiful, beautiful black woman, beautiful. And she had this unbelievable emerald and diamond necklace on, and that's all I could look at. It was this huge, gorgeous necklace yes. with these earrings and a ring to match, and I was like... Wow, that's really something. I'm not even looking at her dress. I'm looking at her jewels. And that used to be, remember when, like, they'd walk in, they have the big, Lady Gaga, I remember one year, she had big this collar. big collar. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's just like, wow, I really, I'm living vicariously because I'd like to have that hanging around my neck just for like a minute and a half. Well, and there, yeah, and there would be a whole piece about how much it was cost, and she's wearing $7 million worth of jewels and sure. things like that. And I know, you know, it's I guess it's all about being edgy. It's about having that edge. And because I am wearing my favorite hoodie, I know I am perfectly <laughs> qualified to be judging these people. I just, I don't, I'm wearing my Milwaukee Fire Department's, please. We're, uh, we're fashion experts. I <laughs> Here, I'm not saying we're not experts by any stretch of the imagination, but here's the deal. I just know that I don't need to see your nipples. There. I, I don't think, I think that's a rule we can live with. I, <laughs> I do. No nipples, I really, please. I really I'm just gonna put this. I don't want to see your nipples. <laughs> right. Thank yeah. you, Carol Kane. On that, we're gonna go to break. It's twelve twenty three at WTMJ. <laughs> and Jane, Jane and Carol in for Jeff. We got the news coming up in just a couple of minutes talking about Oscar fashion right now. We're not talking about the uh, Will Smith, Chris Rock uh, dust step, which I know was covered pretty extensively with yeah. you and Steve earlier this morning. We did it. It's w- over. Want to share some uh, more texts from the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line 855-616-1620. Ladies, I didn't want to waste my time watching the Oscars. I saw the recap on Twitter and it was basically boobs, boobs and more boobs. Glad I didn't waste my time. Someone else says, gosh, now I wish I had watched. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica T- Chastain looked good. Not enough, not good enough to watch the entire show. I liked, I thought Jessica Chastain looked great. I thought Lupita Nyong'o was gorgeous. Right. She looked like a walking Oscar statue to me. I thought she was tremendous. Right. And you mentioned uh, also um, Jamie, Jamie Lee, Lee Curtis. Who, Somebody who just wrote great. and said she looked fantastic. And I said, yeah, she did. I thought she looked great. From the 262, I love you guys. We need Joan Rivers back. Oh, Joan used to just have so much fun after the Oscars. I agree so much. You were spot on. I miss the jewelry. I'm 63, but not a prude. No class. You ladies are awesome to listen to from the 414, and it's so nice to have women have the chance to lead the conversation. You are a welcome change. Thank you so much. Oh, well, that's really nice. And, you know, uh, once again, I'm not a prude either, but I just, I don't, and I have a huge appreciation for the female form and the male physique. I do. I, I just don't think 
What did they always say? A little mystery always... Absolutely. A little mystery, a little cover. You don't need to expose everything. Absolutely. And I always thought that there used to be an unwritten rule where if you had a really short skirt, then you cover it up on top. So oh, for a little balance. A little balance. For a okay, little balance. sure, I get it. You know, I just, I just think sometimes you can reveal too much, and that's not attractive to me. And that's not an old person saying anything. I would say the same thing to somebody who was twenty years old, and I am that person. I am that person that I would to to a total stranger. I might go up and go, "Okay, honey, I understand where you're trying to go with this." But you know what? Really, um, I can find a million other things that would look so much better on you. Come on, let Carol take you shopping. And then after she hits you. Right. <laughs> I'm not going to say I'm not going to walk away with a black eye. Right. Well, there's there's always that possibility. Uh, love, love having you guys uh, check in. There's a time and a place. Yes, there's a time and a place. I mean, what would you do if if you were at a wedding and someone showed up with with a cleavage down to their navel? You know, I also think that that's not, there may be a time and place for that. There might be a club for that. But is that the right place for that? Mm, No, I just, uh, at a wedding, that's a whole nother animal. And that's something that, that maybe the bride and the groom, you know, if somebody shows up as a guest, I don't know if I would be that apt to to stir the waters but right, i might right. go might look at the bride and the groom and go hey you want to take a sheila over here because she's got uh get sheila a bigger <laughs> napkin <laughs> pin it on her just go go pin it on sheila go pin the napkin on sheila yeah pin it pin it on her cover the top and then make sure she's got one on the bottom too because sheila is just showing us way more than sheila needs to show us way more than we need to know Carol and Jane, Jane and Carol with you until 3 o'clock. Today, Jeff is on vacation this week. Also, wanted to let you know that uh, WTMJ and me, uh, we have teamed up with the Brewers Community Foundation. We're going to be collecting pet supplies for the Wisconsin Humane Society. Hope you can come out and join me on Wednesday, April 13th from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. outside Helfer Field. We're going to be collecting dog toys, canned and dry food for cats and dogs, cat litter, training leashes, doggy treats. If you want to find out more, go to WTMJ.com, WTMJ. CARES is sponsored by Gruber Law Offices, and I'm going to be running some special features uh, over the next couple of weeks about exactly how the Wisconsin Humane Society began, because it did not spring forth from the ground in its current iteration. And not surprisingly, this will be my tease for tomorrow. Um, It's related to beer. Oh, well, that's nothing wrong with that. Everything everything good happens with beer. Um, great thing, though. I mean, I'm a huge rescue person. And uh, uh, Beauregard came from Hawes out in Waukesha. Uh, my shadow came from the Wisconsin Humane Society. And just a quick story. I know we're going to move on. But it was, uh, I got a phone call. I had a girlfriend that worked at the Humane Society. She was in charge of the PR and media relations and she called me and she knew I had lost a dog like 18 months prior and she's like I think I have somebody for you oh and I'm like okay and she said yeah we got a brother and a sister that came in and so why don't you come I'll keep her and so I let the kids get off the bus and Liz and Alex and Alex was young and we took them into this room and they unleashed this little black puppy who proceeded to pee and poop 
everywhere. Oh, no. oh, oh no. everywhere. Oh, no. Everywhere. Oh. It was just all over the place. Oh. And I'm just like, oh, God. Oh. Okay. And I looked at the kids and I said, okay, now let's take a look. What are we going to do? Yada, yada, yada. And Alex looked at me and he said, we're taking her home. And I went, fine. Okay. So we loaded her up and brought her home and she was my shadow. And then we found out, which is a running theme in my house for some reason, when it comes to the fact that when there's a sibling involved, yeah. like I came home and I, here's this shadow and this is blah, blah, blah. And, and I said, she had a brother. And Lou looked at me and he goes, you didn't bring the brother home oh, too? Oh dear. And I went, well, um, no, I just brought the one. I thought the one was plenty. And so I called my girlfriend. She goes, oh, no, the brother got adopted first. So she was the one that was left. I saw, I got off the phone. I looked at my goal. <laughs> the brother's got a good home. Leave me alone. OK, we're giving this one. And I saw. But I just think the Humane Society does such a wonderful job. They, they do. And I know you remember the old building, which was really close to here. Actually, right. That's where Shadow came from, which was an old, scary. You yeah. know, I think it was built in the 1930s yeah. and their new campus now in 45th and Wisconsin is just gorgeous and right. so it's warm and it's just encouraging so if you can help us out again the drive itself is going to be Wednesday April 13th and uh, I had a chance to talk to Angela Speed from the Humane Society and one of the reasons Great. why they're doing this food drive is because once we get to summer people are on vacation people are gone they like to try and get a jump on collecting food before everybody takes off for the summertime no, and, I, and goes and does their stuff. And also, this is also the time of year when they tend to get in a lot of kittens. Oh, you know what? I, I would say yes to that because it's spring. and Yep, and there's love is in the air. <laughs> Such as it is. And the other thing I wanted to mention about this. I don't this know anything about feline love, but you seem to. So, me, okay. um, <laughs> uh, As far as dog toys go, they will take gently used dog toys. And I thought that they would only accept, you know, real hard rubber ones and things like that. And she, they will take stuffies. They will take squeakies. Oh, they nice. will take okay. all that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, so if you've got, you know, we lost our Barkley at the end of August and I have a full basket of toys uh, oh, that are still in the basement so okay. i think i'm going to repurpose some of those again don't bring things that are all stuffless and and squeakless and gently used I, 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 my sydney i have a girlfriend who can't bring her dogs just rip them apart sydney carries them around like they're a baby does she really yeah and then beauregard may pick one up and she'll go over and take them right out of his mouth it's just like no that's mine you're not getting that she's hilarious i'm like don't be such a little witch let him have it but beauregard doesn't care no no He's no. a. Da, 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 da. That's my that's, sister. It kind of sounds like a Beauregard. Yeah. <laughs> that's my sister. So, anyhow. All right. Mark it down April 13th, uh, 7 to 5, outside Helfer Field. Uh, WTMJ Cares, courtesy of Gruber Law Offices. Uh, we're going to talk about home buyers' regret in a minute. Um, so many people got into the housing market. Wanted to get out of their small apartments with yes. COVID. It's tired of being on top of each other. So some folks made some decisions that made it easier for them to purchase a home, but might not have been the wisest thing to do. And it's happened a lot. It has. I mean, it's it's happened a lot. So once we get, I'll tell you a story about something that happened to, and actually my family. So it completely applies to this. All right, we gotta we gotta go to break. We'll be right back after this. Jane and Carol, Carol and Jane on WTMJ. 
Jane. Jane and Carol in for Jeff. He is off this week. We are with you until 3 o'clock. Going to switch gears a little bit. Um, a lot of people, of course, housing market has been just loony, loony for the last couple of years. Yeah. And some people, and because it was such a hot market and so tough, I talked to people who would watch it on Zillow. And it would go up, and 30 seconds later, it would be gone. I, yeah, so oh. there was so much pressure for people to either pay over the asking price, uh, make cash offers, things like that. But also, I think it became a lot more common for people to not, to do away with a home inspection. Well, and this is where my son just sold his house in Appleton because he moved down to, much to mom's chagrin, he's in Long Beach, California now. So he's far away, so he can't hear me right now. He could if he listened, Alex. <laughs> but anyhow, so Liz has been on the hunt. She's, I get it, you know, you don't want to live with mom and well, dad right. forever. You Good own, Lord. You want your own place. Yeah, and so she had her own place for the longest time, and then she came home to save some money, which was fine. But she had this condo that she wanted that was a really nice condo it was in Tosa and she put an offer in and I think she gave them like 30,000 more than the asking price wow she had a cap that she could go to and she went to the top of her cap now she insisted on a home inspection and she lost it because somebody said, I don't care. I'll take it just as is. I'll give you the extra 30 grand and I don't need a home inspection. Well, guess what happened? Water she, problems? Furnace problems. Furnace problems. You know, that's always one of those, yep. you know? Yep. And so something came down the pike that she all of a sudden, she goes, Mom, I'm so glad I, I didn't get that. And there's, you know, and I'm like, the last thing in the world you need to do is to walk into a place and spend 30000 over what they're asking. And then all of a sudden the furnace takes a crap and there's another ten grand down the toilet. If 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 even it's just, if if it's just ten grand, sure. Yeah, there's this couple outside of Boston, uh, both in their thirties, uh, bought a home, waived the inspection, um, plumbing issues. Almost immediately after they moved in, we have a hole in our dining room ceiling ceiling because we had a leak in our plumbing. In the coldest week of the year, our furnace broke, so we had to get a new HVAC system. Uh, they have spent now about twenty thousand additional dollars because they waived that inspection fee, and that's. That's what you set yourself up for. So I'm just curious if anyone else has had some of these buyer's remorse situations where you really wanted to get into this into this house and waive the inspection fee to your uh, chagrin. Or if you, you know, uh, other side of the coin, too, if you are so glad that you got the inspection because you found there was something really ha egregious happening with this particular place that you were going to get into. Um I would never not have an inspection. I would I would not I would not get the house of my dreams if I had to give up the inspection just because of the fact that it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, I come from uh, I'm not a wealthy woman, Jane, and I have a very limited budget. I'm right there in middle America. I have a limited budget and I don't have the extra money to put into uh, central air or a new furnace if I've already given you twenty, thirty thousand over what your asking price was. I just don't have it. Well, I, I just imagine if it was a mold problem or something that was even more insidious. Um, you know, I, I have to say that when I when I bought a house in New Berlin, this is many years ago before I was married, and I did have a home inspection. 
And unfortunately, I had water problems with uh, the drain tiles. And, oh, wow. And I okay. Was, I was flooded numerous times, um, which did not come up during the inspection. You can't go back to those inspectors and hold them liable for that. Um, but I still would want someone to go through and check that stuff out for me. Right. Have Have you had this occur with you? 855-616-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. A buyer's remorse, or on the other hand, like Carol said, are you just so grateful you got a home inspection because of what they found? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure there are some instances of that as well. That's just... It, it's so important. It's just so important. And these things rack up thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. That's the thing. It's just like, I'm not going to take it in the shorts just because I don't want somebody to go through my house and tell me what's wrong or with this particular house. Well, and like with your daughter and the, the seller of that condo, obviously they knew there was a problem, which is why they didn't want to have a home Why inspection. do you think they jumped and said, ah, that's yeah. fine. They don't want an inspection. I'll take it. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. then you get, then you're really stuck uh we do have gosh i am so blind patty from oak creek hi, is patty. on the line hi patty what was your experience good morning my two favorite ladies oh so hi. listen um i if, you know really you, you, you gals are you need to have your own show so i'm gonna i'm gonna call tmj and we'll arrange that okay um, anyway so i am not i am not um i did not buy a house i'm a realtor Okay, so I'm just going to talk just briefly, just real briefly in regards to the home buying market, and then you guys can have other callers come in. So in, in, in the market that we are today, okay, as you know, um, you know, I have buyers and sellers, and sellers are looking for the cleanest type of offer that's out there with the most money that they can just move on. So with that being said, realtors, good realtors, will always advise the benefits of having a home inspection done, and a good thing to kind of put in your mind or whoever's out there listening to me right now is getting a home warranty on the property right away as soon as you move in. Okay, so a home warranty is, is kind of like, you know, you, you might use it, you might not, kind of like car, car, you know, like when you have sure. insurance, I mean, um, protection for your car, insurance for your car. So at any rate, you, there's, there's, you can get like a premium um, home warranty that covers literally everything on the house. Okay, so that's one of the things that you could do, and it's probably setting you back maybe six, $700 when you move in. So as soon as you move in, that warranty's covered, okay? The sure. thing that's co- things are covered, like you were saying, the furnace and so on and so forth. So that would be very advantageous. But I hate to say it, folks out there, you know, that are, I, I have lots and lots of buyers that are out there. And the one thing is, is getting, getting an agent that is savvy, that has some, you know, little extra tools in their toolbox to create the offer to get you the offer. But unfortunately in the market, you know, like it is today, and everybody knows this is, you know, rates are going to be going up. And if you want that house, it's, it's tough, you guys, that, but you just have to just kind of say, you know what? I don't know. I'm just going to go in as clean as possible. Always make sure that you advise your buyers. Uh, the advantages of do having a home inspection and and home inspectors i've been on lots of home inspections home inspector home inspectors as we all know are like general practitioners they go in and they look at the house and they're there for you but if there's additional information additional things that need to be looked at they can't diagnose those things unless you get a specialist to come in and look at foundations roofs etc so okay that's that's what I have to just say. So really appreciate it, Patty. Your- Thank you so much. Thanks, Patty. Thanks, Patty. Uh, we do have to go to break. We're running a little bit late. Jeff and uh, David are hanging on the phone. Please don't go away. We will be right after this. Uh, right back after this. Jane and Carol on WTMJ.
Carol and Jane, Jane and Carol with you until 3 o'clock. In for Jeff, who is off this week, and we're talking about buyer's remorse when it comes to home buying, particularly for people who decided to waive a home inspection. And just right there, hanging on line number three, he is the host of the Fix It Show and a home inspector himself, Dave Nason. Hey, Dave, thank you so much for, for calling in. It's really, really important to get a home inspection, isn't it? It sure is. Hi, Jane. Hi, Carol. Hi. Um, I'm, I'm glad you're talking about this. Um, this past weekend, I was up in Eau Claire with the Wisconsin Association of Home Inspectors for our spring seminar. And this was quite the topic among all the home inspectors as we had our time to, to discuss things and, and talk to each other. Um, it is really not a good idea to waive a home inspection. And we know it's happening a lot. And the, the buyer's remorse that you're talking about, uh, a lot of us kind of have come to the opinion that we have not seen the worst of it yet. Oh, no. Uh, because this really started last summer uh, where it was, there was this huge rise in the amount of offers and offers written without a home inspection. And we haven't gone through the whole cycle of seasons yet where people are going to, to start to see issues or find problems uh, in the short time they've been in their homes. Okay. All right. This is why I think it's so important to have a really savvy um, realtor, right? Just because of the fact that my right. brain my brain does not work this way. So I need somebody that's going to take my hand and lead me step by step and go, Carol, you may this is an emotional buy for you. You're really crazy about this place, but let's let's just be reasonable here for a minute, right? Exactly. And you're right. A, a home purchase of uh, very different. I've done some commercial inspections and commercial. It's all about what makes financial sense with a, re- a residential home purchase. It is a very emotional buy. Yeah. You know, everybody's looking, Oh, the, you know, they got to live in this neighborhood or they, you know, they want the perfect master bedroom or, uh, you know, it, the kitchen has to be perfect. It's all emotional and you do have to really take a step back at, or like you said, Make sure you have that realtor who's experienced, who's been doing this for some time, who knows how to write a, a really good sound offer and can help you um, help you make that decision you know, better rather than, you know, nothing against a brand new realtor, but they're they're hungry for a sale. And and you want to have somebody who's going to help okay. you out and make sure you're doing the right thing. Dave great, Mason great. is the host of the Fix It Show. Really appreciate your uh, your sharing your expertise, Dave. Thank you so much. Thank I want to I want to jump over to Jeff quick uh, because he's been holding for quite a while. Who owns a foundation company? Jeff, we need to sit down and have drinks over drain tiles. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, you want buyer's remorse? Have me come into your home after you found out you need me after you didn't have a home inspection. Absolutely. It's- it's the silliest thing, and we go to these people's houses, and all of a sudden they need a drain tile repair, and they didn't have it tested. And it, it, I'll tell you what, it's it's sad because you know the you've worn off all the enthusiasm of buying that house is worn off, and now reality sets in. The reality set in. You should have had a home inspection. It's too late, and too many realtors are are let, talking people into not having these home inspections, which is. It's going to wait. It's all going to come back, and there's going to be a lot of regrets coming up soon. Well, and there's no recourse with the realtor, is there? If they talk you out of a home inspection, you're screwed. They didn't talk you out of it. They just told you, well, listen, you're not going to get this house unless you don't do it, and you decide not to do it, and then 
they're not they're not going to come to dinner tomorrow. They're they're gone. Right. You right. Uh, you're kind of stuck with it's your decision. You're an adult. You need to make the decision. Your realtor, if it's a good realtor, they will inform you of your choices. You have to make the choice. Okay. You can't Got blame it. it on the realtor. Perfect. You have to make your choice. Right. Right. And I think but I think, too, uh, I think, too, Jeff, you know, and I think about young homeowners starting out. There are so many things you have to buy when you're just starting out. You know, you need a lawnmower. You need shovels. You sure. Just, you know, if you're coming from everything. everything, you need everything. And then to to find out two months in or six months in that you need a new furnace or you have water issues or you have mold issues. It just like you said, it certainly takes the, the bloom off the whole home ownership rose. Well, and home and again, good good realtors. They don't tell people not to have home inspections. Got it. They just don't do it. Good. It's just it's a bad idea. All right, Jeff. Thank you so Thanks, very Jeff. much for checking. Really appreciate it. And lots of texts coming in too. We will uh, we will revisit this after the top of the hour. We have news coming uh, coming up next. It's uh, just about one o'clock. Jane and Carol on WTMJ. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, in for Jeff Wagner, here's WTMJ's Jane Matinair and Carol Kane. Well, at least half of us are here. <laughs> We're looking for Carol. She's somewhere wandering in the building along with her walker. She's got some She's got some hip issues going on. Uh, we were talking the last hour about the number of home buyers who are waiving uh, home inspections and whether or not that is a good or a bad idea. A texture from the 920, my father passed away a little over a year ago. We sold his house. We did have a home inspection. We had an offer well over what we asked for within the first hour, but because it was an older home, we put a home warranty on for 750 bucks. We felt better selling the house because basically everything was covered for 13 months. I got to tell you, that's like the best advice I never even thought about that. But now someone else says that those, uh, if you check BBB, this is from the 414, you'll find there is no home warranty that is actually legitimate and gives homeowners the money they are promised if something breaks down. So we may Where have to. Where are we supposed at, to go get the right information? We I may don't... have to. We may have to do a little more research on this. Also from the four one four, I have bought houses not in this market, but I would never, never buy a house without an inspection. Bad practice. I don't care how much someone wants this house. It's insurance. Would you not insure your house or your car or your life? Well, and you know what? I'm uh, my daughter's living proof in the fact that it does it does hold true. She wanted and she stayed with it, and I was right there with her. I said, Liz, I will stay with you if you decide to forego on the inspection. But she was staunch, and I'm like, I'm with you. And sure enough. Something happened. Well, yeah. Then they had they had what furnace furnace problems. Uh, this is something else that I had I had never seen this before. This is kind of goes along with the with the housing market. A story from USA Nine, uh, which is in Georgia. A public school teacher in Metro Atlanta had signed up with a contractor in February 2021 for two hundred and ninety five thousand dollars to build a brand new house. So the home was supposed to be ready for move-in by September 2021. So she's building she's contracted. This house. She's got a contract with a contractor. Okay, got it. To build her a house okay. for about $300,000. Okay. So she watched, she visited the site often, watched the new home going up, took photos of every stage, paid $5,000 for some additional different upgrades. Completion was delayed repeatedly. There were supply chain issues, but she was set to close in January of, of this year. One week before the closing, her agent told her, the buyer, 
was backing out of the contract and raising the price by tens of thousands of dollars. So basically, the contractor who built the house the week before she was supposed to close came back and said, nope, we know with the housing market so hot right now that we can put it on the market and, and, and raise the price by forty to $50,000. You said it's legal. It is legal. Uh, the message from my agent that at that time was the builder had decided to terminate all existing contracts. He was increasing the price of the home. And if we wanted to move forward, we had to enter into a new contract with the new price of the home. The new asking price is $355,000. Now online, it's up to $370,000, 25% higher than the original contracted price from just a year ago. It is not illegal. She got her earnest money back of $3,500. She is waiting to get her $5,000 back that she paid for upgrades. Um, But apparently it it is not legal. All builder contracts are called unilateral contracts. So the power, I guess, is in the hands of the builder. So it wasn't illegal, but was that ethical? I was just going to bring that up, Jaden, because at some point in time, I know this is a cliche, at the end of the day, I need to be able to look in the mirror and know that I'm a decent person. This is, I I, I don't care, I'm never going to begrudge anybody for making an extra nickel. I won't. But if you've made a promise to someone and a commitment, and it's a verbal commitment, and now all of a sudden you've decided that the grass is greener over here and you can make a couple extra bucks, I just can't live with myself with that. It's just not, it goes against my every fiber of my being. I wasn't raised like that. Wouldn't you feel guilty? Guilty? I wouldn't be able to, I, like I said, I couldn't look myself in the mirror. I'd be like, you're a terrible person. What's wrong with you? I mean, and certainly, you know, on, on the contractor's side of it, I do understand that prices have continued to go I up. Get supply, it. P- supply chain has been a big problem and things are hard to get and lumber prices are up and there are pine beetles and all these other things that are, that are part, there are. <laughs> pine beetles, Carol, are part of the problem. <laughs> but I just, it just. We'll be talking to an entomologist coming up soon. Actually, we are talking to PJ Leash <laughs> a, a little bit later on this hour, but uh, it just doesn't seem seem like a good like a like a best practice i I, listen i i have done enough damage to my own being that to a certain extent trust me i'm gonna have to be talking a good game when i get to the pearly gates there's an awful lot of stuff i'm gonna have to be spitting and go really serious I'm working on jokes. <laughs> it's, I'm going to head up there and they're going to go, really, you? And I'm going to go, but I really, I was having fun. I didn't mean I didn't, it. It wasn't meant to be mean. I didn't mean it. And it's just that, you know, I this is just one more thing that I don't need working against me. And I just don't understand why this has to happen. 855-616-1620 is the Econet Mortgage Talk and Text Line uh, talking about uh, building contractor, at least this was in this was in Georgia. Uh, this was in Georgia, as as uh, as far as I know, outside of Atlanta. She contracted with a builder for about three hundred thousand dollars to build a new house. Uh, the move-in date got pushed back. She was set to close in January of this year, one week before the closing. Her agent told her that uh, the uh, contractor was backing out and raising the price by tens of thousands of dollars. So her three hundred thousand dollar house is now 
listed at $370,000. We'll take your calls and take a look at your texts right after this. Jane and Carol on WTMJ. Carol and Jane, Jane and Carol in for Jeff. Today we're with you until 3 o'clock talking about... uh, a home contractor backing out of a contract it had made with someone uh, she contracted in 2021 for them to build a $300,000 house. Uh, the week she was before she was set to close, um, the the builder backed out of the contract and raised the price by tens of thousands of dollars. Not illegal. Uh, Chris from Madison joining us on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line 855-616-1620. Chris, is this something that happens often in the construction industry? Well, I've personally never been able to back out of a contract. Um, The type of work that I do, generally somebody owns their own land and they come to us for a custom home. And we had a project uh, earlier in the year where um, we had it all estimated. Everything's approved at the bank. It was uh, about a $900,000 contract, but the lumber went over by $46,000. And the bank doesn't care. It doesn't change the appraisal, doesn't change the value. And, you know, I I got hit with that, uh, with copper uh, price increase, and who knows what else will end up coming down the line. The project got delayed. Uh, The homeowners did come up a little bit in price to try to help, but you just sit here and like, so who's supposed to eat that? Right. You know, uh, you know, is that in a, is that in the recovery bill to take care of builders? <laughs> it's that kind of thing. But then on the other hand, you know, we're it's like lumber now is being treated like a commodity. It you pay whatever the price is the day it shows up. And we had another project that, you know, being fearful, I took the estimate, added fifty thousand dollars onto it. Uh, then we get the final bill, and it's twenty five thousand less than what they bid. So all of a sudden, you know, customers, you know, if they know about this, they're like, well, we want that money back. Sure. No. You know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, if it, uh, it's either you do what's called a cost plus contract, whatever the bills are, you pay it and then we make a fixed profit or we do the best job we can estimating and, and just pray to God things don't go completely sideways, which they have. I've, it's been a roller coaster like nothing you could ever imagine. And I mean, all of a sudden, just like, like, a like a feather in the wind, there's, there's half my profit, you know, what some people make in a whole year, just gone, completely gone, you know, and I'm not in the stock market at all, or, you know, day trading, but my God, that's what this is starting to feel like, you know, uh, customers that we have, I'm very blessed to have very, very good clients and bigger projects and they don't want to see us hurt. And, you know, but that's not the case for a lot of people. They're, this is going to get nasty, and I just, you know, where does it end? I mean, we live in a neighborhood where, you know, it's nicer homes, it's a newer neighborhood, but there are homes that are selling for a million dollars, and I just, I, I can't believe that I'm actually seeing this. I mean, when this bubble bursts, it's not going to just be a recession. It's, it, it, and if it gets that way, you know, it's all supply and demand. Right. As long as people need homes and there's getting to be fewer and fewer and fewer home builders, it, it, they're just regulating this industry to the point you almost have to be an engineer just to be able to get a license to start a new home building company. You make such a good point, it's though, just, Chris, about not, when you talk about, you know, your neighborhood, and it's probably a relatively modest neighborhood, but now these houses are selling for a million dollars in five years. Are they going to be able to turn around and sell it for $1.5 million? I, I don't see how that's sustainable. Yeah, somebody somebody is going to take a 
big hit potentially. And, uh, you know, it's the banks and then it's, are we back into, okay, let's dole out tax dollars to, you know, so the banks don't go under, but it just really is frightening to see what's going on and the volatility and the acceptance of that volatility. It's like, yeah, okay. You know, I just, I, I don't, I don't know what to make of it. And I just pray that things keep going the way they've been going for us and we can, you know, <laughs> yeah, just keep things going decent. And I just want to say, really like listening to the two of you talk. That uh, very nice show. Well, thank and thank you, you for, for providing your perspective, Chris. That really helps because again, you know, people are getting hit on on both sides of this. Certainly, right. the, the the builders and and yeah. like Chris said, with these out of control lumber prices and supply chain issues and and all of that. And uh, so it, it's really nice to to hear from that side of it. Rob from Jackson, Wyoming, checking in. I am a custom home builder in Wyoming. We now only do projects cost plus the client pays for the project in its entirety no matter what price increases happen along the way the only way to protect yourself as a builder is to be transparent with your client and change your percentage rate on top of the bill this is the path of least resistance i will not build another custom home on a lump sum bid ever again because again the 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 prices are just fluctuating so wildly I, you know, and I don't want to take any business away from these guys either, but I'm really grateful that I don't have to. I mean, I have my house. I plan on staying there, and I, because I don't know what I would, I, I don't know. Well, where would you go? Exactly, exactly. And I, I just, um, I feel badly that this is the the way it is. But I would just, even if I was looking, and if I was in the market right now, I'm just sitting where I am. And I'm just going to wait it out and see what happens in a couple of years. Yeah, Maybe my, everything regulates itself. My, my husband and I have talked about it, too. And uh, we love our house. And, and um, it's getting a little big for us now. You know, we would, we would potentially look to downsize. But with what we could get for our house, we're still going to have to borrow another $100,000, $120,000, which I don't want to do at this point in my life. I'm 62 years old. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm with you. I don't know what we would get for our home. Uh, we didn't spend, we were lucky. I mean, it was like two or two years ago. Well, we right. Look at what, and look at how much, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I couldn't afford half the stuff that's being built in my neighborhood at this particular juncture. I mean, even some of the older homes are going for four fifty five. There was one on the, there's one on the corner that went for five thirty, And I'm like, why? Well, and I, I told Paul, too, I am not redoing another pink and black bathroom for $400,000. I'm just not. I've done two already. I'm done. I am done with the 1970s bathroom. we got to go to break. It's Jane and Carol. Carol and Jane on WTMJ. Carol and Jane, Jane and Carol with you until 3 o'clock today. Been taking your calls and your texts on the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line 855-616-1620. A woman in Georgia contracted to build a house in 2021 for $300,000. The week before closing in January of this year, uh, the builder said he was increasing the price of the home. And if we wanted to go forward, we had to enter into a new contract with the new price of the home. We did just talk to a builder in Madison who explained the price of lumber is insane right. and uh, even even copper and and uh, and other things that go into the building of this home uh ladies we didn't get an inspection for the first house we bought because we had rented there for 25 years before the owner offered it to us 
for three times what he paid. We'd replaced, repaired what was needed, taking the cost from rents. We lived in another 20 years. Uh, unique situation. Well, that is a very unique situation. If you've been, you know, in the house already, you know it's Piccadillo's, if you will. Um, and then that's up to you then. If you want, you've right. lived there, you've seen what's you, going on. You know on. what's going on, right. Yeah. Uh, from the 608, if buying a new home under construction, don't do an end loan, do a construction loan. Close on the lot first so that you own the dirt that the home is being built on and then have construction drawn. They can't change the contract price then. God, with every step you you make on this, I find out how stupid I actually am. What do you I mean? just I just I don't know any of this. I would have to have a really good lawyer walk me through some of this stuff because I just I it's when I said earlier when we started this that it's an emotion I it's a, a very emotional for me and I don't have the ability to cut that emotion out. That's just who I am. And so for somebody, I need somebody that sit there and go, okay, this is the brass tacks of the situation. As I'm just, I don't think that way. Right. It's like, but I like it. And I, it makes me happy. And it fit, right? And, yeah. And, and we go, yeah, we go with our, we go with our gut. And in a, in a case like this, it most likely this is going to be one of the biggest purchases you're ever going to make. Oh, God, yeah. You, you got to be careful. Mm-hmm. You really have to be careful. When my wife and I built, built our house, there was a lumber clause in the contract from the 262. Oh, my God. Which, what's, again, with, with what's been going on sure. the last couple of years, I can certainly... Does it put a cap? Does a lumber clause put a cap on the lumber? On how much? On the, on maybe the, the price. It doesn't say yeah. anything about a cap, but there is a clause. So I'm sure uh, the builder has a little wiggle, wiggle room, too, because who's going who's gonna to eat this? You're right. Well, you yeah. Know, if the, the lumber price went up $46,000 in a year, who's, who is going to eat that? Yeah, and you got to feel for them. I mean, honestly. Like with everything, ladies, from the 262, things are only worth what people will pay for them. Consumers have been so free with their money these last few years, they have no one to blame but themselves for the increase in cost. If people would not pay half a million dollars for a house to be built or purchased, they would not cost that much. That's the system that we live in, supply and demand, and in people's willingness to pay. Well, I'm not going to say that that's totally wrong either. I mean, it is. We've had people that, I've got houses that people have paid probably eight, $900,000 for these homes. I'll give you an example. It was a brand, I know we got to go to news. It's a brand new house, and there's a, there was a siren going off. And I was like, all of a sudden, this little boy was walking the dog, and this little boy came over the berm, and he's like, can you help me? He's like six. And I'm like, sure. So I had my girlfriend hold my dogs, and I went into the house. Hello, hello. And I've got this little boy by the hand. Hello, hello. Not a stick of furniture in this place. And I said, is this your home? He goes, yes. And as I came out of the house, mom's coming. She had an alert on her phone. Okay. And so she was coming back, didn't realize the bus had already dropped her son off. And I'm like, okay, here he is. Everything's fine. Whatever. Your house, you take care of the alarm on yourself. And I went to my girlfriend. I go, there's no furniture in that house. She goes, well, they can't afford it. Right. They they, they bought a $900,000 home and now they can't afford to furnish it. That's the same kind of thing that happened uh, leading up to the crash in 2008. Yeah. You know, it's, it's very, very similar. People buying beyond their means. Carolyn, Jane, Jane and Carol on WTMJ. Alive. It's alive. It's alive. <laughs> it is that movie. time of year as things start warming up and maybe it's just in my house. But there's always 
a fly or two flies that end up being trapped in the window. And entomologist with UW-Madison, PJ Leash, is here. I want to know how these bugs reanimate themselves, PJ. <laughs> well, that, that's a good question and a really timely question for this time of the year because I've started getting lots of calls and emails on this very same topic. And it turns out there are a number of insects that like to seek out sheltered overwintering spots in either late summer or in the fall. And so what is often going on in these cases is these are insects that have actually been in your house since probably last September, October, but they've maybe been in a location where they went unnoticed. They might have been inside of a wall void or up in a soffit area or attic crawl space or something like that. Then when it starts to warm up in late winter and spring, they start to become active. Now, from the insect's point of view, they would have preferred to go outside um, because that's their, their native habitat, and that's where they're going to spend the rest of their life. But sometimes they take a wrong turn, and they pop out into the living quarters of our house, which, of course, we're not going to necessarily be happy about. <laughs> now, they don't actually hibernate like bears, do they? Well, to a, a certain extent, they do. And, and again, there's a number of things that do this, so folks are maybe familiar with box elder bugs and Asian lady beetles and cluster flies, and there's brown marmorate stink bug, and, and there's quite a few others as well. And what they do, again, is in the fall, um, they want to find a sheltered spot. And out in nature, if we didn't have homes around, they would go to maybe the loose bark of a, a dead or dying tree or a rock pile or leaf pile, and they would hunker down there. And they go through a process called diapause, which essentially, if you think about it, is like hibernation. It's a period of suspended or very, very limited activity. And a reason for that is they don't have enough energy to stay active for all of the winter months. They only have so many calories in their body. So they want to get into a place that is cool, but not too cold because they might freeze. They don't want it to be too warm to be active and run through all their energy reserves. They want it to be cool so that they essentially hibernate. And then when things warm up in spring, they leave and become active again. So it, it is like hibernation for a bear in a certain point of view. It, it's kind of, it's so interesting that they don't, and I, and I realize that they're not expending any energy, but you would still think that they would lose some body mass over those couple of months. But I guess if they're not spending anything... Right. And it, it comes down to the notion that insects are essentially cold-blooded. So as it gets cooler, the biochemical reactions in their body slow down. And if it gets cool enough, it just ceases entirely. Um, and if they're not uh, you know, running processes inside their cells, they're just not using energy. So they don't have to kind of burn down that fat like a, a bear would when it's hibernating. Well, now I feel like I have to apologize before I kill the fly because you made it this far. And now I'm bringing an end to your journey. Yeah, well, I mean, as I mentioned earlier, folks generally aren't happy about this. Now, I will say, if you do see them this time of the year, probably the best thing to do for box elder bugs or cluster flies and things like that, if you're seeing them in your house at the windows, I generally suggest to folks simply take out the hose attachment on the vacuum cleaner and suck them up because spraying this time of the year doesn't really do a whole lot. Now, one thing to keep in mind, if you see the same situation happening year after year, that tells me there's probably some weak points, so to speak, on the outside of your house, some gaps or cracks where they are sneaking in. And one thing you could do to prevent this issue in the long term would be to find those locations and seal it up better with 
caulk or expanding insulation foam or some other means that might mean um, kind of peeking at your weather stripping on windows and doors because if your house seals up really well in theory they won't be able to get in in the first place so that's something that you could do through the spring or summer months is just take a closer look at things when you're doing some maintenance on your house. PJ Leash is with the UW-Madison Department of Entomology. It is always such a pleasure talking to you PJ. Thank you so much. You're very welcome Jane. Am I the only one who has flies reanimating in their home right now? I don't know. <laughs> Do you have a fly stuck in between the window and the and the and I, the, the storm the storm? I have what I think they're stink bugs. I've had a couple of those flying around. Um, I have more of a field mouse problem. Can you talk to a uh, somebody about that? <laughs> <laughs> those are tough just because they're so little. I mean the yeah. the amount of space they need to get in somewhere right. is is just i know they can get through you know it's like a a a nickel sized not even that's big but i mean i i don't have so many bugs problem but that's interesting i mean you know i you know what i in addition to everything else you know i think is fascinating is that this interested him so much that he wanted to be an entomologist and he's the nicest guy in the world he's just really knowledgeable and i'm glad that we have people that know this stuff but i mean it's just like what was it when you were a kid he liked bugs he liked bugs he liked being outside and he liked bugs and pj is not a very it's not like this is a man who's in his 60s yeah he's a a relatively young man but he's very passionate about it he's just a wealth of knowledge that's very nice i I love having the opportunity uh, to talk to him we're running a little late for break 141 jane and carol on wtmj Carolyn Jane, Jane and Carol in for Jeff with you until three o'clock today. Uh, we were just talking about PJ Leash, who's an entomologist for UW Madison, and bugs are starting to reanimate in our houses. And you have stink bug issues. Um, I love our fans and listeners so much because, really, you guys, you are a wealth of knowledge and just interesting tidbits. Okay. Um, 414 says, please mention the Asian stick bug brought over. They destroy gardens, are impossible to get rid of, not to mention they are scary-looking, creepy, creepy. Okay. Um, I love this. Steve from Manitowoc, we were talking about you have a field mouse problem. I do. What's yes. interesting about mice, the reason they can get into such small places is that they have no clavicle. I love that. Who knows that? Just offhand. Well, and who's going to argue with that? What am I going to say? I'm died to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, just, you know what that is? That is the perfect example of if you say anything with conviction, someone will believe people it. People will believe you. So I'm running with that. That's going to be something that's going to stick in my head forever, you know, and I'm going to be 80 years old trying to get an ice cream cone at the solarium. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to to stand there and go, I'll have a thing of Rocky Road. And did you know mice have no clavicles? There. Done. I'm over. (laughs) Thank you, Steve. Oh, that is so funny. I you just, bet. I just love these random bits of knowledge, and uh, and you can always share with us anything, uh, provided it's not profane. 855-616-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can always call, shoot us a text, anything you like. Uh, we're going to talk about kids learning and what they're not learning. Well, and this kind of um, springboards off what I just said when we were talking about the uh, the construction thing, about how stupid I feel 
90% of the time. So this just came over the weekend, and it's a new Florida law requires high school students to take financial literacy course. Okay. And um, what it is, is the bill is entitled the Dorothy Hukill Financial Literacy. It requires students to take a half credit in personal finance literacy and money management. It requires that the course cover basic skills as to how to manage a bank account, balance a checkbook, complete a loan application, and complete federal income taxes. Now, I... I don't think that, is there anything wrong with, I don't know the intricacies of the Florida bill. Right. So I'm just going at face value as a parent who thinks it would have been a huge advantage to have something like this available when my kids were in school. I can tell you that I would have gathered a lot of information from that. You know, but I'm a, and I'm a dinosaur. We're both dinosaurs. We're dinosaurs, yes. There was a reason, I think, why guys, why there was home ec and shop. And we both had to take, guys had to take home ec, women had no, to take... No, guys had to take shop and women had to take home ec. No, but the guys in my high school had to take home oh, ec. Oh, they? Really? And the girls were required to take shop. I think that's brilliant. So we had to have some crossover. Right, some cross-discipline. So, right, so the guys knew how to make whatever they could... In the kitchen, working oven, what pans were this, what, you know, what a spatula was for. And we had to learn how to do stuff, maybe some general automotive knowledge, how to change a tire. Right. That kind of a thing. And I found that to be a great advantage. This, to me, is even more so. Because my dad, I remember, was the one that taught me how to balance a checkbook. Now, he's rolling over in his grave right now because it's been a while since I've done it. So... Dad, don't come and see me tonight. I don't need the. In my I don't dreams. need the vision. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I just like completing a loan. I didn't know how to do that. And when we were buying our house, it was just this mishmash of I. And I finally looked at Lou and said, "Just give me the papers. What am I signing?" I didn't get it. It was just more that I didn't understand. Where this would have been of great interest to me i would have taken this do you, i think it's a great idea i i, I think it's absolutely and it, because we think about these critical skills and just assume that i don't know that they're being absorbed somehow and they're not um How financial are they be fin- financial right. literacy and i think is and there are so many different ways you can take that unfortunately i don't think there's a reason or a need anymore to balance your checkbook because everything's online and so i i think that's kind of superfluous at this point i don't need that you know i i don't i haven't balanced my checkbook now and i i just think it's an interesting skill to learn as you do what as you find the cross you know maybe um first of all how many kids are using even checkbooks these days i know my daughter has a checkbook that she writes me a check for rent that's what she uses. That's probably the only time she writes a check. Exactly. She's got a debit card. Alex doesn't have a checkbook. I know a lot of people, I'll bring a check out and they go, you're not writing a check. It's like, I know, I'm old. I get it. Um, <laughs> and, and are you the person who always wants to pay an exact change and you will make everyone wait while they're waiting behind you in the line at the grocery store? You know what? I don't really think that's any of your business. <laughs> If I want to unload my pennies, I'm going to give it to Gladys at the checkout counter. All right, we know what kind of person Carol is. <laughs> but I just, um, I just think it's, I think it's important for people to know how to do these basic skills. Well, and I miss, and again, this is this is dating me. I miss people counting back your change. 
Oh, that was if a you ri- gave them if you gave them a twenty dollar bill and then they would actually count it back. Not bringing out the calculator, or or just having it come up automatically, you know, on the screen so they know it. You know, you're owed thirteen thirteen thirty six. Once again, I, I'm once again I'm dating myself. I know I'm a dinosaur, but before my father would allow us, he had his own pharmacy. Well, your dad was a mortician. Right. Um, but my dad had a pharmacy, and we had to have classes. He made sure we knew, okay, I'm giving you this, and it's this much. How much do you give me back? Oh, wow. And I want you to go, and three makes 25 cents, and then three quarters makes a dollar, and two, three, there's five. Thank you very much. We we weren't working at a store if, unless we knew unless how to you do, do that. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, just one of those basic skills. Uh, we have to go to break. We will be right back. Carol and Jane, Jane and Carol, 151 on WTMJ. Carol and Jane, Jane and Carol in for Jeff Wagner. We're with you until 3 o'clock today. By the way, this week's sponsor for Wagner's Home Improvement Showcase, presented by Great Midwest Bank, is Pablocki Paving Corporation, Wisconsin's only 100% employee-owned paving contractor. Call them today at 414-476-9130 or visit pablockipaving.com. Uh, we've been uh, talking about things that... Uh, that kids should learn in school, and particularly financial literacy. Uh, you found in uh, what these eight things that? Uh, well, it's just it's in Florida. Yeah, it's in Florida, and it's basically the basic focus on. It's like why are we so focused? That one article that I read that was fascinating was um, it was more of what we shouldn't be. You know, the guy was right. I, I remember sitting in trig. I remember sitting in Algebra 2. I remember sitting in this and that going, am I ever going to use any of this? Right. And he said, here I am 25 years later, and the answer is no. I don't use any. Now, basic math skills, obviously. I During Steve's show, he was saying something about 2028, and I seriously, he saw me struggling, and he goes, that's six years, Carol. <laughs> and I'm like, I know. Okay, I'm not saying my math skills are strong. But basic math skills, you know, basic idea, like understanding of science and things like that, yes. But we also can have this other stuff brought in instead of focusing so sorely on the core. Well, and I, and I would agree with you. And I think things like interest rates and, and teaching kids to understand what that means. Okay, here's your credit card. This is the interest rate on that credit card. Here is what that means for you. So if you pay the minimum on your, you know, if you were running a balance on your credit card, because I just think for some kids who are just starting out, that's just an esoteric kind of ooh, thing that's out there, you know, that's, right. that's never going to be important. That's never going to matter. And that's one of those real life well, ramifications things. Unfortunately, I think that there are a lot of adults who don't appreciate exactly interest rates and, and what that does when you borrow money. Well, and some of these other classes that were talked about were basic psychology and mental health issues, uh, mental health maintenance, human behavior. God knows that would have been something I could have used a few years ago. Uh, human behavior, media literacy, how to be able to go through what's being fed to you and what is actually, you know, people of Russia, you know, yes. what's actually being fed to you and what is real. Now, they're here, what we were just talking about, stock market and investments, banking, credit, credit cards. Credit cards aren't free. Sooner or later, you're going to have to come up with the jack. You bet. Um, Taxes, first aid, safety, and self-defense. I think that's some stuff. I learned first aid in the Girl Scouts. I learned first aid in, in a babysitting class. 
Oh, that's where I did Recessa Annie. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know if she exists anymore. Is poor Recessa Annie still with us? It's little, was it a doll that we practiced on? Yeah, the big... The yeah, she play. probably didn't make it. <laughs> <laughs> Not if she had me taken. But I mean, so these are uh, navigating our health care and health insurance systems. So these are some classes that I think should be offered outside of just the basic core stuff, at least to give it to people who are interested in learning And, and are going to need it. And a texture makes a very good point uh, from the 262 algebra and trig are constantly used by landscapers interior designers more advanced math is essential to architects and engineers and scientists absolutely absolutely it's it's critical and that's unfortunately why i am sitting behind the microphone talking because fractions confuse me you know just tape measures really throw me off into a little (laughs) i'm so glad you said that because it's just like um. Yeah, we're just the stupid air personalities. <laughs> but you got to know your. You have to recognize your own skill sets. You know what I mean? We are. We are not all built that way. I wish. I would love to go into a trade. Somebody else said you should um, do a cost benefit analysis of going to college versus going to into a trade. I would love to have gone into a trade. Maybe if I had learned math differently or been taught math a little bit differently, because it just never clicked for me no and and back in the day when i was um graduating there was no no doubt you're going to college that was it you didn't go into a trade unless you didn't get into a college where when liz was having trouble and she's going to kill me for saying this but i said to her at one point in time maybe a trade would be something that would be better for you not everybody's meant for college absolutely and and she did go to college and she got an illustration major and I'm thrilled and she's happy and she's doing whatever she needs to do. But I not everybody. You want to know something? Do you know the people who live out on Oconomowoc Lake? Plumbers, contractors. Not disc jockeys. Mm-mm. I'm shocked. Uh, texture from uh, Portage, Gary from Portage, uh, right before we go to the news. Jane, my dad was a mortician too. However, none of his clients ever cared if they could count back change. <laughs> Amen. And on that, we go to break. Jane and Carol, Carol and Jane on WTMJ. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, in for Jeff Wagner, here's WTMJ's Jane Matinair and Carol Kane. Jane and Carol, Carol and Jane with you until 3 o'clock. And then, actually, we are going to be reunited this Wednesday night. From six to nine, we're going to be filling it for Scott. There's lots of moving parts when when some of us are on vacation. I don't know what the hell you did, (laughs) you poor thing. We're going to be doing Scotty's show Wednesday night uh, after the Brewers game from six to nine. Right. So we hope you can join us then, It's going to be... I, you know what? It's hopefully the Brewers will have won and we can just have kind of like a fun little party. I got some ideas. If you want to have a glass of wine while we're sitting here chit-chatting, then have a glass of wine. I want to know what kind you're drinking. I made... This is not... this. I should have a glass that says, this might be water. <laughs> in your little, most, in likely your Yeti, not. most likely not water. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're going to have a good time. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we're going to do some... Uh, give you something to think... A little homework, maybe. Um, pet crimes of opportunity. Because this happened yesterday when you and I were actually talking about today's show. Yeah, and Karen and I are on the phone, and what do you want to do tomorrow? And what are we going to do? And well, all of a sudden, she goes, "What are you doing over there?" I have this little setup 
in my living room because of my situation that I've got, you know, a bunch of stuff to my right. I've got my pharmacy to the left. I've got water. I've got juice. I've got soda. I've got this. And just because I can't get up all the time. She's got hip issues. This is what. Yeah. And I, so I grabbed this box, this bag of treats, healthy treats for the dogs that I bought. And I had it sitting next to my chair. Well, I got up to talk to you on my computer. I was sitting, and all of a sudden I look over and here's Beauregard. His face is completely buried in this well, thing. Of course. And then, so, but this is where you came in and I'm like, I'm yelling at him and you go, Carol, that's nothing more than a crime of opportunity. And I'm like, Damn it, she's right. You set him up for it, Mom. <laughs> you, you, you set him up for a failure. I know. He's a dog. Of course he's going to go for the... She's like, she's moved. I know. And now, apparently, it's fair game, and I can just have them. <laughs> he was, <laughs> was snout <laughs> in, man. And I am like, Beauregard. And he, you know, he just kind of... I, how can you get mad at him? He's got that really sad hound face. Right, and those ears. And those ears that kind of go back, and he's got those big brown eyes, you know. And then there's Sydney, who's over in the corner going i let him hang himself i don't care <laughs> i'm not going near that well think about your pet's crimes of opportunities yes and uh, and we'll talk about that uh, this coming wednesday night when we're in from 6 to 9 p.m um of course the oscars were last night and we're not going to talk about the will smith thing and all no, that stuff. we're done ad um, nauseum on that but one but we do want to talk uh movies well and- you brought this up to me and i've thought it was odd. I I am odd, Carol. We've known each other a long time. You you know this already. (laughs) This should not surprise you. This is the woman whose friendship we cemented after a a fashion show at a dive dump bar on Wisconsin Avenue. And I went home and I told my husband, I've just made a friend for life. (laughs) So we were talking about what we wanted to do today. And I, I asked Carol... Do you ever watch just parts of movies? And I said, what do you, I didn't understand. I said, what do you mean? I mean, I've started movies and then gone, eh, not so much. And then I leave. And sometimes I'll go back and try and revisit. Right. But that's, that's me watching part. But that's not at all what you were talking about. No. What I do, and I'm really on. So if I'm having go ahead, a, spill it. If I'm having a bad day yeah. and I want to feel better... Okay. I will rewatch parts of The Hunger Games. Okay. I will rewatch parts of Aliens with Sigourney Weaver. I will rewatch parts of Game of Thrones. These might be spoilers if you haven't seen some of these movies, but I will rewatch Katniss Everdeen blowing the, the supplies up with her bow and arrow. I will rewatch Arya. Flying through the air with a knife to kill the Night King. I will rewatch Sigourney Weaver fighting the alien and Alien 2. Get away from her, UBI. Okay. And then I feel better. I feel better watching women kick some butt. Seriously. Am I the only one who does this? You should see the look. I just put the you bird. You should see the look she's giving me right now. I've just put the birdcage on. That's all I, if I'm having a crap day, I just put the birdcage on and just go, okay, here we go. You don't just zero in on just these particular scenes that that are really rewarding? So, let me get this straight. Yeah. So, you take a DVD or whatever, whatever streamer you got, Mm -hmm. and you fast forward to this particular section and you watch Katniss kicking butt. Yes. So, it lasts for what, maybe three, four minutes, five minutes? If, If that. Okay. 
and then you go to another one. And I watch that. And you watch the alien get away from her, you. Yes. And then she, then she, but she wins. She okay. comes out on top. Ultimately. Okay. I'm very concerned about you. <laughs> Come I, on. I, I, just, am, I am not the only one. 855-616-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage talk and text line. Is, why, don't we, why don't we broaden it and say, what are your oddest movie habits? Okay. Uh, that that's fine. I mean, I'll fast forward through some stuff if it's on like okay, purpose of the dog or dog of the purpose or whatever. Power the, the hell dog. Name of, Power uh, the dog. That's thank you. That's how much I didn't like that movie. <laughs> I can't even get the name straight. But I got to a point where I was just like, okay, all right, here we go. Fast forward. Fast forward. Right. Fast forward. Fast forward. So I've been known to fast forward through uncomfortable things. Um, but, uh, I, I don't think I've playing bits and pieces of stuff over and over again. Um, I'm I'm trying to think of something. I'm alone in the universe. I just, I just don't, I, I don't think there's anything outside of. You know, I feel much better, though, that you're telling me that it's, you know, Katniss kicking butt than, you know, hey, I'm watching them put old Yeller down. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> that would be a whole different show. That's a whole different show. <laughs> we got to go to break. We'll be right back after this. It's Jane and Carol, Carol and Jane on WTMJ. Carol and Jane, Jane and Carol in for Jeff until 3 o'clock. Taking your calls and your texts at the Acunet Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620. Do you watch just parts of movies like I do? Well, when you said you you qualify in the fact that this is not something that's happening on a daily basis, this is when you have a rotten, when yeah. you have a bad day. Yeah, if I'm having a rotten day and I will watch Katniss Everdeen blow up all the supplies with her bow and arrow, I'll watch Arya kill the Night King as she goes flying through the air with her knife, and uh, Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> Sigourney God, I Weaver. wish I had a camera on this you This is right why, then. and we're going to get to that in a minute, okay. where that's coming up. Uh, do you watch parts of movies, or am I all alone in the universe on this week? We have Mike in Illinois checking in on the phone. Hi, Hi Mike. Mike. Good afternoon, ladies. How are you? Good, good thanks. Good. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm good. So um, I, I do what you do. I'm not a streamer, so I just kind of watch whatever's on, and Sunday's kind of my day to watch. And I pretty much alternate between TMC, AMC, and whatever sports I'm watching. So I will kind of flip back and forth if I, you know, like a movie like Jaws or A Few Good Men or L.A. Confidential – I'll watch some of that, and then I'll check out T- TCM and see what classic movie's on, and then I'll check out the golf or, you know, this last weekend, the basketball. Uh, so, yeah, I go back and forth. Okay. I mean, I will, there are times during a movie that I'll shush everybody, which is not very popular, but, like, in Jaws, Mike, when you're talking about Jaws, I have to hear, you were on the Indianapolis don't you remember when they're sitting around in the, and they're comparing like well, scars? Moves? They were comparing scars. They were comparing the scars, and then they were like, "That what's that? And he goes, oh, that was, let me guess, mother. No, that's a tattoo I had removed. That Mr. Hooper is the USS Indianapolis. You were on the, listen to me. Wow. I can recite it. You were on the Indianapolis. What happened? <laughs> I know the whole damn thing. Really well. <laughs> the funny thing is I saw that movie. I, I was nine years old when that came out and didn't understand that. Obviously, when I learned a little more history when I got older, I understand the, what that meant, understood yeah. the significance. 
about that and what it meant, you know, as far as, especially with sharks. So sure. that was a very, um, you know, significant moment. Absolutely. Thank you so much for calling, Thanks. Mike. Really appreciate you checking in. Uh, some of the texters um, from the 262, I watched Chris Hemsworth dancing in his unbuttoned shirt in bad times at the El Royale over and over and over again. Uh, also from the 262, well, yeah. Jane likes to watch some pretty violent action films. <laughs> it makes me feel better when I'm having a bad day and I'm feeling powerless. Also from the 262, I know someone who reads the first and last chapter of a book and then goes back and finishes it. That is a joke from when Harry met Sally. He always read the last couple pages of the book before he even started it so he would know what happened in case he died before he finished the book. Oh, wow. That one, I don't remember that. You don't I've remember seen, that? I've seen that movie a hundred times. I will say this, that I are you one that's... I'm not disturbed if I know what happens. I, I it doesn't matter to me. People go, well, you mean, you know, like the spoilers. You get spoiler alerts. It's like I'll read the damn spoiler alerts. It's not going to ruin it for me. Oh, I won't go to a scary movie unless I read all the spoilers. Oh, sure. I okay. hate. I hate surprises. I hate surprises. Oh my God, I love being scared. Oh, I hate no. I love being scared. I love like jumping in my seat. I love. I used to love Halloween where people jump out at you. It was like haunted houses. Oh no! Oh, it's oh. the best. No, 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 not in a million years. Uh, two six two Jane. I fast forward through Mamma Mia to the fun songs. I like watching the Doc Holiday Johnny Ringo showdown in Tombstone. I'm your Huckleberry Steve from Cudahy. Jane Carroll, I have the Barney Miller episode recorded with the Brownies when I need a good laugh. I rewatched that. Nothing mushy, funnier mushy. than that. Barney Miller was a wonderful show. Uh, we we forget what such I, there were such great ensemble shows. Oh God, yeah. In the in the late seventies, mm-hmm. um, Barney Miller, Benson. There are just so many that I can think of that were just fantastic ensemble. As God programs. is my witness, I thought turkeys <laughs> could, could fly. fly. <laughs> I love the movie Crazy, Crazy Stupid Love. There are so many funny scenes, especially when the guy impresses the girl by doing the lift from Dirty Dancing. It is considered the movie that seals the deal every time. I like to watch the end of Dirty Dancing, the end of the season dance. Nobody puts baby in a corner. It's 2.22. we got to go to break. It's Jane and Carol, Carol and Jane on WTMJ. Carol and Jane, Jane and Carol in for Jeff until 3 o'clock today. And we'll be back uh, together on Wednesday night from 6 to 9 as we cover for Scott Warris. So hopefully you will be able to uh, join us then as well. Best way to get in touch, AccuNet Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620. You may have missed this last week. Uh, Senator Ben Sass was among the senators who were in the Katanji Brown-Jackson uh, hearings for the Supreme Court. And there is apparently the issue of whether or not they want cameras within the Supreme Court and whether or not that is a good idea. Apparently, that's something that's uh, under consideration right now in interests of greater transparency. Okay. So people can actually see what's going on in the court. Uh, this is what Ben Sass, who is a Republican from Nebraska, had to say about that suggestion. I, I do want to make uh, before I move on, uh, just because we've had. Um a number of members of this committee comment on cameras in the court. Um, I've made my position on this clear a lot of times, but if, if I can give a tiny bit of um, friend of the court brief in advance, because I think it, when, when you're on the court and you all continue to debate this issue, um, I think it should be a decision for the Supreme Court to make about whether or not there are cameras in the courtroom, uh, not a decision for the Article One branch to make for Article Three. But 
I think it's incredibly important for us to recognize, because I, I think I differ from a lot of my colleagues on this who are advocates for cameras in the courtroom, I get their position um, that transparency is a virtue. Transparency is a good thing. I also believe that pen and pad uh, can facilitate a whole heck of a lot of transparency just fine, and it's healthy for Americans to recognize the second and third and fourth order effects of cameras. A huge part of why this institution doesn't work well is because we have cameras everywhere. Um, cameras change human behavior. We know this. You don't have the same kinds of conversation over the dinner table uh, with your family when you're wrestling through issues uh, and apologizing for something and saying, I said this before, but maybe I should modify what I said. I was, my tone was jerky. My substance didn't account for your position. Um, th there's a whole bunch of things that humans can do if they're not immediately mindful of some distant camera audience that they might be trying to create a soundbite for. And uh, Instagram can be useful for some small things, but for intellectual discourse, it is not a friend. Um, and I think we should recognize that the jackassery we often see around here um, is partly because of people mugging for short-term uh, camera opportunities. And it is definitely um, a second and third and fourth order effect that the court should think through um, before it has advocates in there who are not only trying to persuade you nine justices, um, but also trying to get on cable that night uh, or create a viral video. Republican Senator Ben Sass from Nebraska talking about the, uh, the potential of putting cameras inside the Supreme Court court chambers as they are hearing arguments and things like that and i do think he makes an excellent point about the second third and fourth things that come off and the effect that it has on people's behavior when they know that they're being watched okay um i and i'm not saying i i don't say no to that um maybe i'm just kind of jaded in this world that we live in now i just constantly assume that we're being watched watched at all times i'm being watched or i'm being tracked um i don't necessarily i'm not denying what he's saying i think that there are those certain personalities that will mug for the cameras and are looking for their five ten seconds on the tmz's of the world um but i also do believe that there are people that sometimes i think it holds you in check to a certain extent that so i'm not i'm not saying we need cameras in the supreme court um completely but i sometimes think that it's not such a i think that sometimes cameras keep people in check like look what's happened with the i mean look what you know you with the police forces across the nation right you know they're always the minute somebody starts to get arrested there's somebody there taking a picture or filming them on a cell phone right and some of the greatest, some of the most egregious things that have been done, not necessarily just with law enforcement, but overall, have been righted because there, there was, was somebody there. Was there. Vi there was vi visual proof. Yes. There was visual proof. We're going to take your uh, calls and texts on this. Should we put cameras in the Supreme Court, or does it really make a setup for people to behave badly in order to get their two minutes on cable news, if, if that's if that's what's going on. Uh, 855-616-1620, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Yes to cameras, no to cameras in the Supreme Court. Is it a good influence? Is it a bad influence? Uh, what do you think? Jane and Carol, Carol and Jane with you until 3 o'clock. we got baseball uh, coming in shortly. Brewers uh, against the Giants. So we will be carrying that game live for you right now at the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. 
we're talking about uh, the suggestion that the Supreme Court put cameras, uh, which have ne- never been there before. There are uh, court stenographers. There are reporters. I think there are people who can draw renderings. Right. Um, right. But no actual uh, physical television cameras. And Senator Ben Sass last week said that uh, he thinks that's a bad idea because people will perform or overperform or behave differently knowing that there is a camera there. Okay. Um, I know you and I differ on this because sometimes I, I do think that it catches bad behavior at its, and it helps in that regard. But I, my question to you is, and I don't know the answer to this, are these people going to exhibit bad behavior no matter what? Whether there's a camera or whether, I mean, we saw abhorrent behavior and there wasn't any cameras there. You know what I mean? I mean, we, well, we saw Ted, we saw Ted Cruz doing what, but I mean, we saw some of it, but it wasn't like everything was captured. But I mean, aren't some of these people just going to exhibit bad behavior no matter what, whether there's a camera or not? You're, You're probably right to an extent. But I also think that this just makes the opportunity even greater for someone to outperform or overperform, you know, and, and take ridiculousness to the next level just so they can get on cable. And this is later I, if this is not a political party statement because it can happen on both sides Without no matter what. Absolutely. OK. Absolutely. Right. Are we getting any text on this? We are from the 262. Hell no. Too many cameras in our lives right now. Bad idea will only further politicize an institution that is not supposed to be political. Uh, from the 773, the cameras will tell people what the politicians are up to. But I think we discount how people will edit their own facial expressions. You know, people who work on television have different deliveries than people, that, that, than people on radio because we don't have that same kind of visual critique. No, we don't. But at the same time, I don't really care. I've said this multiple times. You want to follow me around with a camera? Knock yourself out. It really doesn't matter to me. I'm going to tell you everything I'm going to do anyhow, right. just because that's the kind of individual I am. And if you want to follow me, it goes back to when people were propagating that rumor about the vaccine having a, a tracking device in it. You want to follow me around, you're in for a very boring (laughs) trip. You're going to see me right now, for example, today. You want to go, and I challenge you, go ahead. Meet me here at the station and follow me home. And you're going to find me, get, get out of my car, grab my crap, get in the house, go sit in my recliner, take a pain pill, and put Netflix on. I might as well, I'm just telling you, this is what's going to happen. I'll let the dogs out. And um, that's it. And that that will be the rest of your day. Isn't that fun? (laughs) Isn't that exciting? Very exciting. Wow. I just know that for myself, and this is a personal thing, one of the things that I always loved about radio was that it was in your head. It was always in the head of the audience. Well, theater, sure. So hearing my voice... And you can do different things with your voice, and you can do different accents with your voice. And that, that way, the fans and the listeners can come up with their own picture in their head. And that's what I always loved about this medium, because I thought that was what really set radio apart from everything. Because the, the person on the receiving end has to use some of their own imagination. Right. And another thing I don't want is when I make silly sounds like, Ooh, I don't want you watching that, because okay. it's ugly. Okay, stop it. <laughs> I just, but you know what I mean. Sure. I, I mean, if 
if I'm on camera all the time, that is absolutely going to affect the way that I do my job because I will have to edit my face. Okay. Um, that's just the difference between you and me, honestly, and that's fine. That's what makes us individuals. I just don't care if you see my face and it, I give you a goofy look or I roll my eyes or whatever. Eh, that's Carol. That's odd. That's who I am. Right. And people have said to me multiple times, you cannot mask your emotions. Mostly my kids. Mom, you cannot mask your emotions. We know when you're upset. We know when you're mad. And I'm like, yeah, okay, fine. Then you know to be very careful. Well, you communicate well with your face. <laughs> we're, we're talking about whether or not we should put cameras in the Supreme Court um, for, uh, from the uh, 414. Hi there, Larry G. I don't think cameras are a good idea. I compare those deliberations with jury deliberations. They are private until, until a decision is made. From the 920, is nothing sacred anymore? We don't need to bring in more political chaos uh, to the public. Uh, from the 262, cameras should not be allowed in courtrooms. It turns something very serious into potential entertainment and political fodder well, and isn't fair to many defendants. You're clearly winning this argument. As Most people are. But I think there are. What I miss. And, as it should be, as Carol. It, that's right. Um, 855-616-161. Back me up here. That would be great. No, but we were talking, even at the start of the show, when we were talking about the Oscars and the fashions at the Oscars, can't we keep anything private anymore? Do we have to spill everything out to everybody in the interest of being authentic? We, you know, isn't that horse out of the barn already, though? But how do you get we, him back? But we don't have to. We don't have to put cameras in the Supreme Court. We don't. We don't have to take this next step because I think it's a mistake, and I think it can be misused particularly in that particular institution i do agree with the the texter that said it's like now when i was uh, so i'm going to side with you right now okay um when i was on a jury and i was elected the foreman of the jury this was a long time ago i would not have wanted to have cameras in that deliberation room i would not have wanted to have that and that's because there were things that, in order to get the group to work as a group, I had to say things, I had to do things that I wouldn't have normally, you know, it was like, I remember, well, I'll just spill it now. I remember looking at this group, and I finally said to them, you know, I understand your conviction on this particular issue, and I understand your conviction on this issue. Right. But somewhere in the in the middle, we have to come. Otherwise, we're going to be here for the rest of our days. Right. Right. And it was, so we have to compromise. So I wouldn't have wanted that to, to be, be out there. Right. Exactly. You know? there, are, there are still some things that would be nice if we could still keep it private instead of having... Our, our dress cut down to our navel and everything, you know, it's just, we're all so blood. Here's everything, here's every ugly thing, and here's every, let me show you all my scars, yeah. and let me show you this, and we're going to have to go to break. We're running late. It's 242, Jane and Carol on WTMJ. 
Jane and Carol, Carol and Jane with you until 3 o'clock. Brewers and Giants going to be taking over in uh, in just a little bit. We've been talking about the possibility of putting cameras into the Supreme Court uh, that came up last week. Uh, Republican Senator Ben Sass saying that uh, he thinks it's a bad idea because it changes people's behavior. And it it uh, and it does. And you you made a very interesting because off air I said I would like to think that our Supreme Court justices that we put in place in the court w- that they're held to a higher standard that they're not going to grandstand and you said it's not them no I don't think it's them it's about the lawyers who will be arguing in front of them and those are the ones who can go to histrionics and whatever in order to get their their clips on cable TV later that night. You know, okay. I don't think it's. I don't think it's about the justices. I, think I hope it's about, not. I think it's about the people who will be arguing in front of the justices. Okay. And it's All not right. like we don't have anyone in there who's keeping an eye on things. We just don't have a camera, and there is something very, very specific that that cameras do to alter people's behavior. But don't you think sometimes cameras can be positive? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I mean, think of all the criminals we've been able to catch from ring doorbells and, and, and cars and things like that. But again, I, I feel that we are so much about every single icky detail we have to share with everybody. Yeah, I know. Every pimple, every, you know, uh, in order to be authentic, you can't you can't keep anything private anymore. And I think... That's a shame. Not that I'm a serial killer. No. <laughs> I might tell you if I was. Um, okay, but, let's but... go back to the movies clip. I just had somebody say, Carol, cough twice and move away from Jane if you're in trouble. <laughs> I had a friend of mine just text me, cough twice if you're in trouble. If you need help. Blink, um, blink. But well. I, and I agree with you on that, and I, and I appreciate the fact that that's the kind of person you are because that's my friend. That's who I appreciate. Um, I, just, I just sometimes think that it's, it's too late. It's too late. I don't think that you can get that privacy back. I just don't know if you can. It's been going on for years and years. And people have been, this is, you know, the Instagrams. And I'm really, because all the different services and things like that, I'm not up on that. But I can show you on my Facebook page stuff that people post. And it's like, who cares? I don't care. I'm always amazed by the people who post pictures of themselves when they're in the hospital. Right. Why would you do that? Well, I will why tell you, you this. I mean, not that you don't, not that you don't share that you're ill or something like that. But why would you? Want you ain't going to see any of those pictures of me. <laughs> Let's just put good, that out good, there. Because I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to see Carol in the hospital bed. <laughs> yeah. No. That does I, not appeal to me. No. I just. I don't know. I just think that sometimes it's a little too late. Now, going back to the Supreme Court thing, I think you make a very valid point, and I stand corrected in the fact that if it's not the justices that we're trying to keep in check, that's fine. I was worried about the justices that we were worried about what they were going to do. Acting out. No, it's it's not them. It's the other stuff. Yeah, it's, it's again, I think it's more about the lawyers who will be arguing in front of the justices, pushing the line to see how far they can get to get, again, that clip on that clip on cable news um we are just about out of time we're going to do a couple more breaks and uh, something really special coming up in april uh, it's another another uh, wtmj cares event and we're teaming up with the brewers community foundation so we'll have all the details about that coming up next 249 at wtmj
Carol and Jane, Jane and Carol in for Jeff. Brewers coming up at uh, 3 o'clock in just a couple of minutes. Um, well, this more. has been fun. It's been a great, it's been great fun. Uh, from the 414, Jane, people post to get reaction, and by reaction, I mean attention. Social media is all about reaction, and attention it certainly is. Well, and that's what you were saying. We, we did talk to Andy Larson last week about there are endorphins that are actually released. There are pleasure chemicals that, that get released when you get more likes and you get more follows and you get things like that. I'm not saying that we're not at that level, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I see, I see stuff that's posted on social media and I'm just, you know, if that's what makes you happy, I guess I can't stop you. But you've got to, you've got to get a hobby. You've got to get a, <laughs> you know, get a start, pick up knitting. There's some, something. There's something you can do. Yeah. Here is something you can do. We are teaming up with the Brewers Community Foundation. We're going to be collecting pet supplies for our wonderful Wisconsin Humane Society. I will be out at Hellfair Field on Wednesday, April 13th. Okay. Um, the, uh, the food drive is going to run from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. So here's what we're looking for. And give you a couple weeks so you can start collecting some of this stuff they are taking dog toys canned and dry food for cats and dogs cat litter training leashes doggy treats uh, for more information go to wtmj.com wtmj cares is sponsored by gruber law offices what i think is so great about this too um is they're taking gently used dog toys so it's, it, a, it, it's not like you have to go out and, and spend a fortune and and right. even um i've talked to people who have found them at goodwill and then you just send them through the washer. As long as they're not ripped and they're not, you know, not, not torn with big holes in them, make sure they still have the squeaker. That's the most fun. Right, I know. There's <laughs> the nothing whole point worse. is the squeaker, girl. I know, exactly. Um, I think it's a great opportunity to give back. And, you know, these animals don't ask to be put there. There's just... It's just an unfortunate situation, and if you can find it in your heart to food, a bag of food or anything, it's just a simple solution. You drop it off with you, they'll take it. It can't be any easier. Seriously. You know, and yeah, it, it it should be. Hopefully, we'll have a nice day, and uh, people can just come and drive through and drop off whatever you can. Um, again, all toys are open. I was concerned that they might want to restrict it to just the real hard rubber ones, but yeah, they're, they're taking stuffies and they're taking squeakies Good. and all those kinds of things. Good. We lost Barkley in August. I have a whole basket full of his toys that he never played with downstairs. So now at least I know that they're going to go somewhere good. That's great. I mean, honestly, we've established the fact that both you and I are rescue people. If you're not, that's fine. I totally get it. But that's how that's how we roll. And yep. and uh, they just all need great homes, and they need to be happy too. And I had a wonderful opportunity last week to uh, talk to Angela Speed with the Humane Society about not just the work that they do and and why they are doing this drive right now. And the reason they are is because it's getting to be kitten season. They're going to start probably having a lot of kittens coming in. And then as we get closer to summertime people are traveling and people are on vacation and 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 i think it attention goes so if they can if they can get a nice chunk of this stuff to get them through you know take them through the summer and and the food and the leashes and stuff like that that would be that would be really really great so again that's coming up on april 13th what's uh, the time on that 7 a.m to 5 p.m great outside health fair field perfect and uh it should be it should be a lot of fun okay great all right 855-616-1620 the acunet mortgage talk and text line we thank you all so very much uh for joining us today all the texts and everything i I apologize if we can't get uh if we can't get to everyone we just can't get to everything and i hope you understand that um and if uh you have something more that you'd like well 
We're going to be here Wednesday, and we'd we like are. to talk about your dog. <laughs> Crimes, of, Crimes opportunity. of opportunity. We'll have more. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back after this on WTMJ. Jack texting in with a really good point. Uh, there are a lot of people who do not know where Health Field is. Is you need to let them know that this is the ballpark on the grounds of American Family Field. So there's a little ball. Yeah, there's a little ballpark uh, right. right on Anfam Field grounds, mm-hmm. and uh, that is where we will be set up on April 13th uh, for this uh, Brewers Community Foundation uh, collecting pet supplies for the Wisconsin Humane Society. And uh, again, if you want more information, just go to our website at wtmj.com. It's very easy in, easy out. Yeah. It yeah. really is. It should it's be, it, super easy. It should so. be a lot of fun. As you were mentioning, we're going to be back on Wednesday night from 6 to 9, filling in for Scott Warris. And we want to know um, your pet crimes of opportunity because this happened when Carol and I were planning the show yesterday. And all of a sudden, she's yelling. At and Beauregard. she was yelling at Beauregard because why did why did you yell at because Beauregard? he got his full face into the bag of treats that I have next to my recliner. I was talking to you and he decided that he was going to go and help himself. And why would you not? I understand he's a dog, but he should know that it's not going to make me happy. That was the one of the best days of his life. Oh, yeah. You'll, you'll probably remember that when he's an old dog of 12. When I told you, Sydney was sitting way over on the other side going, go ahead, hang yourself, dude. I haven't liked you since you got here. <laughs> but we want to know about your pet's crimes of opportunity. My dog, Pierce, who's been gone a long time, uh, had a couple classics. Classics. Yeah, I can't wait. Cannot wait. And I hope you will join us. That's all coming up. Brewers and Giants are coming up next right here on WTMJ.